great magic key is one word. It's concentration. And what Napoleon Hill said, and we, we know it today is the word focus. Everyone will tell you to focus, but what Hill is saying here is don't just concentrate on it, eliminate your distractions. And all of a sudden you're going to be more productive. And if you can be more productive, you're going to earn more money. And if you can earn more money, you're going to focus in even more. Once you learn to stop having a side hustle and start focusing on one main thing, you're going to be a hell of a lot wealthier and you're going to be a hell of a lot happier. What is going on, my friends? Thank you so much for joining yours truly, Ryan Caligiuri, on this week's episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where every single week I am reading a book condensing that book down to its core golden nuggets. I'm reaching out, bringing the author on the show to talk about the golden nuggets. And I'm here with you every single week, just trying to save you a little bit of time and bring you some information that can spark real change in your life. So what do we got going on this week? This week, we got my man Jeffrey Gittimer back on the show. We had Jeffrey just on the show recently talking about his book, The Little Gold Book of Yes Attitude, How to Find, Build, and Keep a Yes Attitude for a Lifetime of Success. If you haven't listened to it, get over there, give it a listen, because this week, man, we're, we got a doozy. I originally talked to Jeffrey, this was maybe back in the summertime when he told me that he was coming out with this book, and when he told me about it, I got so excited about it. So he said it to me, this has been my Bible. I've read this well, I've read it once and I listened to the audiobook once, but I plan to read this more and more because there's just so many pieces of information in it that helps me keep my mind right. And that book is Truthful Living. It's on the first writings of Napoleon Hill. And again, it's by Jeffrey Ginnimer. I couldn't think of a better person, a better person to bring this book to market than Jeffrey. Fantastic individual. He's got the right mindset. Obviously, he's very close to the Napoleon Hill Foundation. So it just makes sense that they go to him and to bring this to market. So I'm really excited to bring Jeffrey on. There's a number of golden nuggets that we share with you here in this episode, but I'm telling you right now, I this is one of those books you gotta pick up. You gotta pick up, you gotta listen to the audiobook. And I mentioned that a couple times in the podcast, and uh, I really do mean that. This one does have the potential to make a huge impact in your life. Depending on how you use it, depending on how seriously you take it, depending on what resonates and what doesn't resonate, what part of you know your life you're in right now, but I'm telling you right now, this book made a big impact on me, and I know it'll make a big impact on you. So in any case, let's crack right into this one. This one is The First Writings of Napoleon Hill, Truthful Living by Jeffrey Gittimer. I'll catch you back here at the end of the episode. Enjoy. Jeffrey, how the hell are you doing, man? You know, Ryan, I'm doing pretty doggone good at the moment. Um... The biggest difference between me and you right now, I think, is snow. But you know what, though, man? I'm always looking at the positive side of things. Christmas is right. in the air, like baby. An airplane Christmas is in the air. No, like an airplane ticket to Miami. Oh. That's about <laughs> as positive as it gets with you guys. Hey, man, I hear you. I hear you. Where are you at right now? Anyways, you in Charlotte right now or New yeah, York? Yeah, we're or? in Charlotte, oh, North yeah. Carolina. Uh, it's uh, a little rainy today, but, you know, 60 degrees. It's fine. Hey, man, nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong nope. with that. So last time we had you on the show... We were talking about uh, one of my favorite books, 
I love this book, and after we aired it, I know a whole bunch of you out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, you went out there and you picked it up. The Little Gold Book of Yes Attitude, How to Find, Build, and Keep a Yes Attitude for a Lifetime of Success. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, what the hell are you waiting for? Get on that one, listen to that episode, it's fantastic, and you know what? It really sets us up for this week's episode, which I'm very excited about. You sent me this book, maybe this was back a few months ago, and I read it, and I just could not wait to get you on the show. The book just released, what was it, last week? October October 30th? Literally. Fresh release, man, fresh release. So after we go through this, I know all of you out there are going to want to go out there and pick it up. So why don't we just crack right into this one, Jeffrey? So tell me first off, first off, like why, why this book at this point in time? Well, when Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich in 1937, it wasn't an original writing. He was actually compiling and editing many of his original thoughts, which came from this book. Everything inside this book is written in 1917, Hmm. 100 years ago. And Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich came out in 1937. So there's a 20-year difference. And these are his original thoughts, his original philosophies. And when... The Napoleon Hill Foundation contacted me to have the honor to do this. I was jumping through hoops. Of course. And I gave them a couple of promises. Number one, that I would not change any of Napoleon Hill's words. Hmm. I would annotate it, and I might edit it to put in some commas or whatever, but I wouldn't change Hill's words because I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, that's just not the thing you do. Mm-hmm. So if there's an annotation of mine anywhere in a chapter, you'll see it in a different typeface. And I told them that because it's written 100 years ago, I would write an introduction to each chapter and an ending to each chapter, which said how to put this information into your life right now. Mm-hmm. So with those two armed with those two things, I had about a two and a half year task in front of me mm-hmm. to make it happen. And I did. The way I have framed this book is that it's not life changing. It's life altering. Mm. Everyone is doing a little bit of the things that are in this book already. What Hill does is he puts it all together so that it becomes both understandable Mm -hmm. and implementable. So without further ado, let's just crack right into this one. So again, we have have 23 lessons in this one, 23 lessons and lectures, and they cover everything from truth and focus, integrity, desire, decisions, attitude, beliefs, goals, living. But today I just want to focus on five of them. So the very first one, golden nugget number one, which is actually lesson number three, how to think. So in this lesson, Hill tackles the almost impossible task of challenging you to think about the way you think, you know, the elements that go into your thought development process, you know, how do you think productively? And I really like this lesson because it's insightful and it's fundamental, like I mentioned before, to how you think. So talk to us about the importance of learning how to think. Well, this chapter is also strategically placed. After lesson one, which is success is up to you, mm-hmm. and lesson two, finish what you start, how to think becomes integral into lesson one and lesson two. If you started out with how to think, it wouldn't be as impactful as what you need to think about. So what Hill says is, it's time to start to dedicate yourself to thinking about yourself and what your objects in life are. And rather than thinking about all the problems that you have, think about all the opportunities that you have and then write down what those thoughts mean to you and then make a game plan to put them into action. Mm. But everything starts with a thought. 
if you look at Think and Grow Rich, it starts out with the words, thoughts are things. What he really said was, thoughts become things. That if you think about something long enough and you want it, then you write stuff down about it, you take action, and it manifests itself. But it didn't just show up as a thing, it started out as a thought. And Hill is directing you to think about what is integral to you, what's important to you, what could be life-altering to you, and then do it. Hmm. I feel like that's almost becoming a competitive advantage today. In a world of constant distraction, people who just, we don't take time to think. And because we're always distracted by social media this, and cell phone this, and TV this, and interview this, we just never set aside time to think. And by doing that, I really think it gives somebody a competitive advantage and more control over their lives. Like We just talked about it in the studio. I asked my, my coworkers, does your phone ding more than it rings? Mm. Mm-hmm. And what this book will do is create more ringing and less dinging. For the people out there who say, well, you know what, Jeffrey, like, I'm busy, man. I'm busy. I got so much things on my plate. Like, I got a to-do list that's, you know, from the floor to ceiling. I got kids. I got hobbies. I got this. And I got bosses up my ass. I got so much to do. When do I have time to think? What kind of advice do you give to that person who's just hyper busy and they never make time for this kind of stuff? Early in the morning. Mm. If your kid gets up at six, get up at five. If you got to be at work at nine and it takes you half an hour to get to work and you got an hour's worth of work, but just set your clock an hour before you have to do anything. Mm -hmm. And then follow my formula of I wake up in the morning and I do one of five things. I write, I read, I prepare, and that causes me to think and create. Mm -hmm. Those five things have been the epicenter of my success for the past 25 years. Sometimes I do one, sometimes I do all five, but I'm always doing something for me. Mm-hmm. And when Hill says it's time to think, what he's saying is think about yourself and take action for yourself. And don't give me some lame excuse about why you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this really is. And, and people out there who've known me over the past little while, they know that I like to take some time to quietly reflect and think. And when you allow yourself to just think and push things to your subconscious, all of a sudden just magic happens magic happens and i feel like just because we're constantly distracted we never allow our subconscious an opportunity to just sit with thoughts and help process things for me but how often does it happen where why is it that when i'm just driving in traffic and kind of just nothing's distracting me all of a sudden just a thought comes into my head or or you're in the shower and you're enjoying the shower all of a sudden a thought comes in your head why is that because you're not getting because your mind is because your mind is clear you got it man you got um so make your phone ding less and ring more. Mm-hmm. We're going to go on to golden nugget number two, which is actually the second or the lesson number seven, which is adversity, a blessing in disguise. So I love this one because when everything goes wrong in someone's life, you know, the whole world is falling, uh, falling down around them. They panic. Anxiety sets in depression, you know, learned helplessness. All of these thoughts start to creep in. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is to keep perspective and to remember that things aren't necessarily as bad as they seem. And it's not a setback, but it's set up for something else. So talk to us about adversity and why it's a blessing in disguise. Well, Napoleon Hill was a proponent of positive thinking. And when adversity strikes, most people look at it as a negative. And what he says is, look for the opportunity, not blame the circumstance. And if you look for the opportunity, he says, and he's right, 
you will find it. Mm-hmm. So he's saying that every every adversity is a blessing in disguise, but you have to find it. You have to see the opportunity and then seize the opportunity and then take advantage of the opportunity. And that's going to be the successful person. The unsuccessful person is the one who bitches about the fact that, you know, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck. <laughs> How do you get there, though, man? They're you study like- positive attitude. Ryan, well, the only go. way you're going to do it is by studying and dedicating yourself mm-hmm. to a better way of thinking. There you go. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. And there's limited resources for that, or unlimited resources for that. This podcast is one of them. The amount of books there are. I mean, for crying out loud, we just covered the yes attitude. You know, we're talking about truthful living right now. Those are two books that you can immediately cover right now. But for people out there who are just full of excuses, I mean, is it just, is it lost on them, man? (laughs) My dad said, son, someone has to deliver the mail. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you're not going to affect everybody. So... Mm -hmm. You have a great listening audience, and most of the people that are listening are going to take some advantage of what we're talking about today. But in the main, if you go out to society in general, under five out of 100 are going to take advantage of it. Mm. If we could just get that number to six, (laughs) the world would be an amazingly better place. It's pretty well said, man. I like that. I like that a lot. And I guess it's just... With this podcast especially, I uh, when I first started it, I didn't realize the kind of impact it was going to have on people by bringing this kind of information to them and mm-hmm. seeing the kind of spark it creates in their mind. But I know for a fact that by doing things like this and, and putting out good content and bringing on amazing guests like you, talking about awesome subjects and books like Truthful Living, we are changing that, right? From five to six, from six to seven, seven to eight. So again, if you're out there listening to this right now and you know people in your life who maybe need this, share it with them. Share exactly. it with them. Share, share the last episode that we had uh, Jeffrey on. You know, the yes attitude. A lot of people need to listen to that one too. And again, we might not be able to change the world, but we can start changing people one at a time. I'm not going to change the world, but I can help change your world. That's right, man. And I think that's what it really boils down to. Your world is the most important world to you. Mm-hmm. So what kind of tips do you give somebody right now who's going through adversity? Right, they lost their job, or they found out that um, you know they're not going to get that pay raise, or they got to go through a pay cut, or layoffs are happening, and all of a sudden, all this this adversity is hitting them, and stress is coming over them. What kind of advice does Napoleon Hill give? What kind of advice do you give to that person to help them through this difficult time to weather the storm? Wake up in the morning and write down all the bad crap so that you don't have to think about it. It's written down; you can see it whenever you want. File it away someplace or even put it in your pocket. Then spend an equal or greater amount of time writing down what could happen that's good. Hmm. And you're going to find that you're going to give yourself answers, answers that you had not thought about because you're too busy focused on the negative crap. Mm-hmm. Once you write down the negative crap, you can compartmentalize it, put it away someplace. That gives your mind the freedom to come up with creative ideas that will help you. Nice. I like that. It's similar to a point that David Allen talks about in getting things done. Our minds, we spend too much time holding on to information. Our brains are meant to hold on information. Our brains are meant to process new information and allow new thoughts and ideas to flow. But if we just keep holding on to the same thoughts over and over again, especially if they're negative and they're poisonous. Yeah, they're not going to change. Correct. uh, Definitely not going to change. And again, it goes back to something that Napoleon Hill mentioned You know, in one of his other works as well, I think this was in um, uh, Success Through Positive Mental Attitude. He uses the example of the farmer's field. And whatever you plant in the farmer's field, the farmer's field doesn't care. The field will return to it whatever you give. You can give it corn 
or nightshade, a deadly poison. Doesn't matter what you plant. The farmer will tend to it, water it, take care of it. The land will return to you exactly what you plant, corn and nightshade. What do you think is going to happen when you hold on to those negative thoughts? You are going to plant poison in your mind, and that is going to affect you at a very deep level, and it's going to be tough for you to get rid of that. So do as Jeffrey's saying there. I think it's a great piece of advice. Write down all the bad crap that's going on in your life. Get it out of the way. You know it's there. Perfect. Write it down. Move on. Now focus on all the positive stuff that's happening in your life because, again, you think more positive, you're going to bring about more positive. It goes all the way back to the Bible that whatever you sow, that's what you will reap. That's right, man. That's exactly right. And this really segues nicely to our next golden nugget, which is golden nugget number three, lesson number 11, the law of harmonious attraction. So, you know, it's amazing just how ahead of his time Napoleon Hill was because, oh, yeah, you know, like the law of attraction. It's, you know, we've been talking about this for for so much now for so long. and, and, And unfortunately, the law of attraction has been given this really bad rap by a lot of people because people just fail to understand it. They think, oh, if I just think of a million dollars, I'm going to get a million dollars. That's a bunch of bull crap. And so because of that, people just kind of dismiss this idea of law of attraction. But what Napoleon Hill did was he did something very cool and he did something to add a little bit more clarity to the law by adding harmonious, by making it, and by doing that, it really made it a little bit more understandable and actionable too. So maybe Jeffrey, talk to us about this harmonious law. Actually, he made it more attractive. He made the law of attraction more attractive (laughs) by adding the word harmonious. And what Hill was saying is, if you really want to succeed, try to find other people like you and attract them to you based on your value, based on who you are as a person, based on your ethics, based based on the work that you do that becomes attractive to other, your habits, your work ethic. And he defined the law of attraction a hundred years before it became popular. Crazy. It's not just sit there and wait for the Cadillac to manifest itself in your driveway. (laughs) It's go out and find like-minded people. This is the beginning, Ryan, of the the mastermind principle, Mm -hmm. where he said, go out and find like-minded people, sit down and talk to them. Find out how they became successful. Find out what they're doing. And then add what you're doing, and together it makes a much more powerful part of the deal. So what do you do to the people out there who don't have those kind of people in their life? The people who are saying, oh, Go man. Go find them, dude. There's <laughs> networking events all over the place. There's chambers of commerce. There's Go find people that you want to be with and figure out a way to be of value and not be a leech. <laughs> I ask that question only because I know that there's a lot of people out there who will say, oh, man, like – Jeffrey, Ryan, my life is filled with complainers. People bitch and moan and complain, and that's all my life is filled with. And it's tough for me to find people who are going to be supportive of my new mindset. Get rid of those damn people, man. (laughs) We don't have time There's a whole new set of people out there. If if you're hanging around 20 people and they're a whole bunch of zeros, (laughs) go try to find a couple of ones. Step outside your comfort zone. Get out there. It's funny, man. But I always tell people, too, that – podcast for example like just the starting point what are you surrounding yourself with surround yourself with 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 good content first off like listen to your yep. podcast listen to my podcast listen to Vayner's uh, Vaynerchuk's podcast listen to Jeb Blunt's podcast listen to people's podcasts who are bringing a similar type of energy that you're looking for and just start to surround yourself with that by just maybe starting there as the lowest barrier to entry it's going to start to change your mind and maybe might build you up to feel a little bit more confident and might change maybe how you hold yourself, how you carry yourself, how you think about yourself. Then get out there and start with this fresh mindset, you know, a mindset that isn't poisoned with, you know, uh, all the shitty people around you kind of thing. Yeah. 
You know, we started Sell or Die podcast about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that big of a of a priority for ours until we started to pick up followers mm-hmm. and downloaders. We just passed a hundred thousand downloads this past month. That's huge, man. That's huge. It's it's unbelievably huge. But and for those of you who didn't hear me, it's Sell or Die, and you can go anywhere and find it. <laughs> nice uh, maybe it'll even be in the show notes if Ryan's paying attention. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> okay, but. Most important is it started with one listener. It started with one download and built from there. And if you don't have the patience to build that harmonious attraction, all we're doing is attracting people like us mm-hmm. who are out front, trying to be successful, shooting for the moon, wanting to sell more. We call them diehards. Mm, nice. And the reason is they, you know, we're now at five days a week. People listen every day. Huge. Huge. Yeah, blessing. It's I love it. It absolutely yeah. is. It absolutely is. Completely agree. And again, this segues really nicely. All these ones play so nicely together, even though there's a big gap between them. We're going from number 11, the law of harmonious attraction, which again, maybe before I, I go to the next one here, I, I just want to mention that I know that uh, there's a lot of people out there who listen to Joe Rogan's podcast and Gary Vaynerchuk. And I know that they've they've kind of taken a crap on the law of attraction and, and they really haven't um, done it justice. I really, really want you, when you think about this, this, this law again, to go back and just read over lesson number 11 and really take that one to heart because I'm telling listen, you, it, it's going to make a big impact for you. I am very skeptical of people who rain on existing situations or, or uh, psychologies or strategies that have worked. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't shit on the law of attraction. You may be able to be pissed off at the way that it's being presented by other people who think they're gurus. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people, if you own the book, The Secret, um, it's not the best example of the law of attraction. That's right. There has to be some value to it. There has to be some harmony to it. Otherwise, it's not the real law of attraction. It's bullshit that people are writing about. (laughs) That's right. And, And you know very well, Ryan, you know, you've heard these people... You, it's it's really easy for you to dump on something. Mm. I want to hear their solution to it. What's what's the opposite of the law of attraction in their opinion? You got it, man. Like if it's no good, what do they think is real good? And the answer is they don't have a real good. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. You know, I kind of liken it to just the law of magnets. You know, call it law of attraction, whatever you exactly. want to call it. It's magnets, man. Like like attracts like. If you put out love out there. If you tell somebody you love them, in most cases, you know, family members, friends, they're going to tell you, I love you back. If you give love and appreciation, you're going to get it back. If you're an asshole out there and you go and you treat people like jerks, what do you think is going to happen to you? You're going to get the exact same thing back. It you're comes back to that. by assholes, right? <laughs> you know, but it just comes back to that old. That... It's real easy to attract a bunch of assholes. <laughs> just <is>. be one. <laughs> it's true, man. Again, it's just, you're going to attract whatever you put out there, right? You reap what you sow. You know, and it just—it always comes back to that, man. Those, those age-old laws—they just don't change. But for some reason, we're always looking nope. for something new, man. But it's right there. It's been written there for thousands of years. Yep. You know, it's not changing. There's a reason nope. it was written there thousands of years. So let's stop overcomplicating it and start just listening to this. And I, I honestly think that you know the law of harmonious attraction is something that's so important that we're not giving enough attention and concentration to. Which kind of leads us—that was a really crappy segue but i'm running with That's it okay. anyways oh, you did the right thing. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go <laughs> this one is lesson number 18 golden nugget number four the great magic key so again this one here man every single one of you out there and cut the crap podcast nation you already possess this and again we talked about it. it's concentration 
So Jeffrey, tell us why this is called the Great Magic Key. The Great Magic Key is one word. It's concentration. And what Napoleon Hill said, and we, we know it today is the word focus. Everyone will tell you to focus, but what Hill is saying here is don't just concentrate on it, eliminate your distractions. And all of a sudden you're going to be more productive. And if you can be more productive, you're going to earn more money. And if you can earn more money, you're going to focus in even more. Once you learn to stop having a side hustle and start focusing on one main thing, you're going to be a hell of a lot wealthier and you're going to be a hell of a lot happier. Hmm. And as a result, you're going to double your productivity and all the results that go along with it. This one's hard though, man. This one's hard, especially oh, for totally today. Is. Like you're, we've been talking about this already. People get distracted by the distractions and you can't allow the distractions to distract you, but we're surrounded by it, man. Your cell phone is a distraction. The side hustle, you already mentioned it, man. How many people out there right now listening have a side hustle or two or three? There's so many distractions. And so for us to come out there now and say, listen, it's about limiting the distractions and putting your attention, your focus, your concentration into some key areas. That's what's going to see, you know, double, triple, quadruple kind of returns. I agree. It's it's tough, though, man. It's tough to focus like I, that. It's but, not as tough as you might think. It does require a change in your work habit mm -hmm. and a change in your work ethic. But it's entirely possible. Mm -hmm. You just have to get rid of some of the things you're currently using as a crutch. Hmm. Kevin Cruz mentioned on a previous episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, he gave us a whole bunch of productivity tips that I know a lot of you out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, you guys really took to heart. And I got all those emails from you saying, hey, I put a lot of this into practice. And all of a sudden, I felt like my productivity just increased dramatically. And some of them were just so damn simple, man. It was just shutting off notifications, putting your phone away, um, you know, not making sure you have, um, what was it, push notifications whenever you get an email or what have you, scheduling time throughout the day to think, scheduling time throughout the day to write, scheduling time for email, and just becoming what one listener said, the project manager of your life. And I love that whole thought yeah, because so you just got to you got to run your life, run your day like a project manager. I wake up in my calendar. It's all set up. You know, we have to do lists. And how many of you out there have a to do list that you never knock off at the end of the day and you just pass it on to the next day? Rather, how many of you are actually in your calendar saying, OK, from 12 to 1 or 1 to 2, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And you schedule that time and you hold yourself accountable to that by concentrating and focusing on the task at hand that's going to help make the biggest difference for you. Setting timelines in place, I'm telling you, it, it's, it truly is remarkable what happens when you start to manage your time effectively. And it really is sad when you realize just how shitty you are at managing your own time when you start to do it properly. And you're like, wow, I can get way more done in the time that I had before. What did I do with those days at work where I was working eight, nine hours and I accomplished, you know, 10% of the work? It's craziness. Let me, let me throw a couple of ideas at your listeners. Great. In Cut the Crap Nation. Number one, you have two choices with time, spend it or invest it. If you spend it, you're watching television. If you invest it, you're trying to get better, do something more, be a better dad, mom, entrepreneur, salesperson, whatever it is. So that's number one. Number two, you're incapable of managing your own time. And so I've created a secondary word called allocation. Allocate your time. Create if you're if you're awake 14 hours a day, then create 28 half hour segments and fill up with stuff that you want to be able to get done. 
your productivity will go through the roof. I like that one. Real good takeaway. Real good takeaway. Hope all you out there are taking that one to heart because I think that if you put that into place, it'll help make a really, really big difference. Oh, yeah. Love that. Oh, yeah. Love that. All right, man, let's finish this one up. So again, like I said, we're not finishing up on lesson 23. We're going to finish up on lesson number 21, which is the five-point rule. So again, this lesson, I like this one actually and changed it up. This is a really good one because this one actually contains a lot more golden nuggets of truth for your success as a person and not just a career person. So maybe lead us into this one a little bit more. Tell us what the five-point rule is. I'm going to read directly from Truthful Living, the book. Awesome. Success may be had by those who are willing to pay the price. And most of those who crave a $10,000 a year position, and that's about 250 grand in today's money, especially if you are engaged in business, may realize it if they will pay the price. And the price is eternal vigilance in the development of self-confidence, enthusiasm, working with a chief aim, performing more service than you are paid for, and concentration. With these qualities well-developed, you will be sure to succeed. And let's name these qualities the five-point rule. Now, Napoleon Hill wasn't just saying you have to be enthusiastic. What he said is you have to combine your enthusiasm with your self-confidence, you're working with the chief aim, you're performing more service than you're paid for, and concentration. The power of this list is that you have to put it together. You can't do one without the other. And the glue is the magic key, concentration. Mm -hmm. It's the most powerful lesson in the book. It is saved for uh, lesson number 21, I think it is. Mm, that's right, yeah. And, and what the reader has to understand or what the student has to understand is he saved this for last so you would understand it. Mm. So you would understand what the power of it is and put it into your own life. That's exactly These right. are phenomenal pieces of information that are 100 years old and still as relative today, maybe more relative today than when they were written. Mm. Love that. You know, especially with regards to this lesson, I think your story in particular, it's really interesting. You know, this whole idea that, you know, you say you're, it's never too early or too late to learn. And, you know, maybe just give listeners out there who maybe haven't heard your story in terms of, you know, where you were when you were 20 years old, you know, college dropout. But now, I mean, you look at yourself and hell, man, like you are the king of sales. You, know, you, you went from being a college dropout to king of sales. Like, tell us out, out there, people who don't so know the So here's the deal. Uh, yeah, I did drop out of college. I was went into business for myself. I didn't really have the science of selling under my belt, but I did have a gift of gab and my parents were intelligent, so I was intelligent. But I, I, I will tell you this, when I was a millennial, when I was 28 years old, the twins were just born, I was broke, I was in a bad marriage, and I didn't know where I was going. I was not unlike any millennial is today, 45 years ago. It doesn't matter what generation it is, it's how old you are, and how well directed you are. And I decided at that moment that I was gonna take control of my self-education and my success. So I studied Napoleon Hill every day for a year until I owned it. 
Now, you know, fast forward 45 years, I'm writing about it. No kidding. And that, that, that's the deal that you can, you know, anybody listening to your audience in your audience, Ryan can do exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying if I can do it, you can do it. I don't like that phrase. Hmm. I'm just saying I did it. Therefore it can be done. It's up to the audience person to take their own actions. I love that. And that quote there in the book there, success may be had by those who are willing to pay the price. And the price is eternal vigilance in the development of self-confidence, enthusiasm, working with a chief aim, performing more service than you are paid for, and concentration with these qualities well-developed. You'll be sure to succeed. I'm telling you, man, this book, like I said, it's foundational. It's so important. I don't care who you are, what walk of life you belong to, you got to read this book. It's so damn important. And again, it's it's written in the very classic kind of style of the Jeffrey Gittimer books where it's very engaging, nice typeface, keeps it very engaging throughout the book. And, and I highly recommend it. If you're not going to go read the book, then go pick up the audio book. You can hear, hear my man Jeffrey read it himself, and that's always enjoyable as well. But uh, man, I'm telling you, thank you so much for bringing this to the world. Uh, when I received this and, and it came in the mail, and uh, I looked at it. I was like, man, this is going to be my Bible. Like, I've read this. I've read it once. I've listened to the audiobook once. And uh, I think this is just something I'm going to continuously add to my regimen of what I read. Like, I read Think and Grow Rich. I read, you know, Success Through Positive Mental Attitude at least once a year. And it's just those habits that keep me focused, keep me on track. And cool. uh, I got to thank you for that, man. Thanks for bringing this out here to the world. And uh, especially... Man, thanks for making time to come on uh, Cut the Crap Podcast again and uh, share this awesome book and all your insights with uh, all of our listeners. So um, if people out there want to get in touch with you, man, or they want to go pick up this book, how can they go about doing all that? Just go to Amazon.com and look up Truthful Living. It'll pop right up. All you got to do is hit the Buy Now button, and in two days you'll have it. Prime it, baby. There we go, baby. Also, come on, man. Let's pitch that uh, podcast. Your Sell or Die podcast. Get Sell on that die one. Podcast. Get or go to getimer.com. We're we're very universally findable, and we try to offer enough value to where you'll stay a diehard or stay a customer or become a customer and find out for yourself what the word value means into the sales universe, into the sales nation, and you too can be a diehard. All you have to do is. Find us online and listen every day. Sell or die. Piece of cake. There it is, man. Jeffrey, man, I'm telling you, it's always a pleasure ending my day or starting my day, whatever the hell it is, with a conversation with you. And, uh, Thank you. Hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. We'll talk soon, all right? It's a pleasure. Thank you, Ryan. All right, there we have it. That is The First Writings of Napoleon Hill, Truthful Living by Jeffrey Gittimer. I always love talking to Jeffrey, man. Him and I, we just get along so well. Great chemistry, great energy. Like I said at the very top, I could not think of a better person to bring this book to market than Jeffrey. So it's such a pleasure having him back on the show to talk about this very important book. And I'm telling you, it's one of those ones that it's going to become a staple in my life moving forward. If you love this show, then please go online. Rate and review the show, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or you know Stitcher. It doesn't matter. Rate and review the show. And if you can't do that, then give me a follow on social media. Follow Cut the Crap Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Follow myself, Ryan Calajuri. Follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, 
Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Follow me. Follow Cut the Crap Podcast. I'm dedicating so much time and effort now to building out our social media platforms, making sure we're having more of a conversation. Just that, you know, I want to make sure you're following me for a reason. I want to make sure I'm bringing value to the podcast through social media. So whenever you think about me, whenever you think about Cut the Crap Podcast, you're thinking about somebody who's doing something for you, adding something to your life, something positive. That's my aim here. And that's my goal. That's what I'm trying to do. So thank you so much to each and every single one of you for always subscribing, sharing the show, commenting, liking my posts. It means so much to me. So, so much to me. Everyone from Canada, United States, Great Britain, Australia, South Africa, China. It doesn't matter where you're from. I know this is a global show. So wherever you are in the world, thank you so much for tuning in. I know your attention is valuable. And the fact you give it to me means so much. But that's a wrap, my friends. So I will see you next week when I have a brand new book, brand new Golden Nuggets, an interview with an author. And of course, you know what I'm doing here every single week. Just trying to save you a little bit of time and bring you some information that can spark real change in your life. Fantastic, productive, inspired week, everybody. I love you all. When that alarm clock goes off, there's at least 50% of the time where you just, that, that soft little pillow is just caressing your head and you want to stay there. And it takes discipline to go, nope, I'm going to get up out of this bed and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. We all average probably about five hours of sleep. Work hard, sleep less. Tomorrow morning, when that alarm goes off and you start feeling all the excuses that come in and that bed is cozy. I know what you're saying. I love my bed too. And you then go five, four, three, two, one, and you get up. That discipline that you have at that moment, you win that fight. That's a big victory. And then that 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 pattern will carry out throughout the day. Because once you're up, well, now that I'm up, I might as well go work out because I'm already up and I, I feel good that I got up out of bed and I won that battle. Let me go win another battle. I'm going to go get it done. And that discipline carries on throughout the day. So now you take that and you, you expand that out over a week and a month and you end up with more discipline and it starts with that simple act of getting up and getting out of bed in the morning. I work out twice before everyone wakes up. So it started off four o'clock in the morning where I'd start and I'd start with my cardio, then I'd have breakfast and then I would go to the gym and then I'd go to work. And I wake up at 4.30 in the morning because no one else is awake yet. So that gives me the opportunity to do things that I need to get done kind of selfishly for myself. And the big one in that category is working out. And it doesn't feel good at 4.30 when you get up, but by the time seven o'clock rolls around and you've already worked out and you've already gotten some, some work done and you've got some time to say goodbye to your kids before they go to school, it's infinitely better than sleeping in until 6.45 and you get out of bed and now you're, you missed your kids going to school or, or whatever, you, you, you're not prepared for the day. It's, it's awful. Wake up at the same time every day. And if you pick that time and you start waking up at the same time every day, that's very good for you. It doesn't have to be 4.30, it could be 6.30, it could be 7. I, I don't know what your personal schedule is. Find out a time, pick it, set it, stick to it. Look, everyone has a problem with time, but the day has 24 hours and we sleep six. Now I know there's some out there that say, whoa, 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 whoa. I need eight. Well, I say just sleep a little faster because the bottom line is we have six hours of sleep, 24 hours are available, so you have 18 hours now available to your work, your family, your hobbies, and also to learn something new or to do something new, which could easily be that you want to learn a new language, to read a book every week, or you say, I'm gonna go and reshape my body. 
So you're gonna go and take this hour out of your schedule and say, I'm gonna train an hour every day. So this is for most people a, hu a huge challenge, but it is totally doable, I can tell them, because the kind of things that I did when I came to this country, I mean, I went to school, I was working in construction, I was working out my five hours a day. I was taking acting classes from eight o'clock at night to 12 midnight. I was doing all of those things. I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time with the time and I don't have time for this and I don't have that. You have time, you make the time. Sometimes even if you're the most highly motivated person in the world, that grind starts to beat you down a little bit. And that's when you have to stop looking at the short-term thing, because that's not, that's not getting you to, to get it done. And you gotta look, okay, what is the long-term goal that I'm looking at? What am I really trying to get done in the long-term? And you say, oh, you know what? I'm actually waking up today early so I can be ahead of the curve, so I can sell more of these widgets or whatever, so that I can buy a house. And you know what? Today matters. Today matters. This decision that I'm making right now is that first step. It's me taking one stroke, swimming in the right direction, heading towards the shore. And if I don't take this, I'm not making any progress.